0: Yeah, I was like, good morning. It's all good. It's a good morning. We're here, right? Say good morning to your neighbor. Say good morning to our friends online. Good morning, uh, Facebook people. And then, because we're just a friendly bunch of people, yell across the room and say good morning to somebody in rows behind. There we go. janice
1: has got a lot of good mornings today.
0: Huh. Rabbit hole looks different, doesn't it? Amazing. Well, it's so good to see everybody so good to see everybody online, although I'm looking at a camera, so we just hope people are online this morning. Uh, we're going to pray, and if uh, you feel like standing or whatever posture you want to take during our music, uh, we have different forms of worship. It's all worship, actually, but we worship with music. We worship with Pastor Scott. He's going to be sharing this morning. And then in fellowship, as we gather our community Uh, This is the bride of Christ, and we are gathered corporately uh, because we can't do it by yourself, right? So we need one another, and it's amazing to see friends and family. uh, So throughout our whole service today, it's an act of worship, uh, just as our life should be. So, Father, we thank you today for just your kindness. We thank you for your love, your mercy. We thank you that you're a real God that is real to us and you accept us the way we are and you help us to not remain that way and change us, um, not for any other reason, but you want the best for us. And We thank you for that. We're not perfect, but we're getting there. We have a journey ahead of us, whether it's the next minute or the next hundred years. And with you, it's going to be amazing. So we just thank you for that. Be with us today as we worship in spirit and in truth. And we just thank you for the gifts that you've given us, those who have served this morning, those who are here to hear your message. Open our hearts, open our eyes, and open our ears to hear all that you'd have for us, Holy Spirit. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So if you feel like getting to your feet, you can stand, um, you can sit, you can do whatever you want, but we just want you to have freedom with uh, just how you want to express your, your worship.
2: Jesus, all I have is you. You're the hope I'm holding to. I might weep, but still my faith rests in Thank you.
1: To say someone's got to come up because
0: we're going to
1: keep going. Good morning and welcome to Vineyard Church. We're so happy to see everyone and everyone home on Facebook and later joining us on YouTube. Today we have Pastor Scott Purdom preaching. Um, An exciting sermon series on spiritual warfare. The message, Real World Results, is found in Acts 16, 16 through 34. Grab your Bible or cell phone and look it up. It's also placed in your bulletin. Today is the final day of our popcorn fundraiser. Lots of flavors and the bags are only $15, no extra fees. So pick some up on your way out today. This Saturday, May 13th, is our, our church is assisting with the Stamp Out Hunger Postal Food Drive. The Wycliffe Post Office will be dropping off donated food items to our church mid-Saturday morning and will continue until 4 p.m. 10 to 12. Oh, 10 to 12 volunteers are needed to weigh the food. <laughs> Please show up at 10.30 if you'd like to help. VCC membership class. God calls all of us to a higher level of commitment and responsibility. Is he calling you to be a member here? Well, next Sunday you're in luck. Following the service 1130 to 1 in the fellowship hall is the VCC membership class. Our next Woman's Brunch and Workshop is coming Saturday, May 20th at noon. This study is called Discovering Jesus Through the Eyes of Martha and Mary. The study guide is free, but if you have already have one, please bring it. Sign up in the lob- lobby today. Note, each study is independent, and you don't have to have attended one before. Mark your calendars for our church rummage sale coming on June 2nd and 3rd. Start going through your closet now, and your house will be cleaned by June. P.S. We can't accept any sales before May 30th and 31st. And now we have a very special announcement by Teresa.
3: Well, I would like to make mention, celebrate, and honor a group of people that don't get enough thanks around here, and that would be our vineyard announcers. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that they actually have um, superpowers? They do, because they can handle anything that comes their way with grace and humor and. Amazing. That's why it says up there, they miraculously solve problems you never, you guys never knew existed and basically save the day again and again and again. So I'd like our announcers to come up here, please. And unfortunately, I don't think Jan is here yet. So you guys have to thank her when you see her. You. And we have a special chosen little gift, individual for each of you, just a little thing, as a thanks. So let you have you have to ask them what they each say because they're all different Yeah go ahead and read it thank you, announcers. Years and years of good work.
1: Awesome. Uh, Don't forget today's offering. We have a table at the back. Just kidding. The membership class is the 21st.
4: Well, good morning. <clears throat> it is a joy and privilege to speak at this church, at my church. Uh, I've I've been here a long time now, and uh, it feels like home. And I'm delighted to be able to share the word this morning. I um, want to say a couple things uh, before I actually get started. One is, great job, worship team. Amazing. <clears throat> you helped us come and worship the king this morning, thank you for that. Um, I'm feeling good. I, I use a CPAP every night. I've been doing it since 1995. So 28 years, I've been using a CPAP, and my latest CPAP, which I've had for a couple of years, gives me a score every morning. Um, if I sleep the right number of hours, um, 20% if the mask seal is good, and then 5% depending on the events, and 5% for something else, I forget. Anyway, so I'm usually getting somewhere between an 80 and a 90 or so. On good nights, I get better than 90. I turned my uh, phone on this morning to look at my score. I had a 100 I, I've had a I've had a 100 maybe I've had the machine two, two and a half years I've had a 100 maybe six or seven times so that was pretty cool so anyway <clears throat> I'd also like to recognize my friends John and Jane Parker they're, they're over here uh, John and Jane were members at the Ravenna Church when I was the pastor there and uh, they are special friends uh, in that in 2011, and you all know that my, my life uh, fell apart in 2011, uh, and terrible things happened in my life uh, in 2011. But one of the good things was I had, a, I had a wonderful dog. His name was Zeke. He was a Weimereimer, built like a greyhound, fast as lightning. Um, and he was less than two years old or about two years old at the time, and I could not take him uh, to go live with my son, uh, my son told me, he said, Dad, I've got four kids, and now I've got you. I can't take a dog. <laughs> so, so anyway, so John and Jane volunteered to take Zeke. They already had a uh, and but they live on a 15-acre farm outside of Hiram, and for the next 11 years, Zeke lived out his life on uh, pine, pine Heart, pine Heart the name of their farm, and I'd go to visit Zeke from time to time, and he'd look at me, and he'd be happy to see me, but he, said, he basically said, you're not taking me anywhere. You're, I'm staying right here, and, and for the next 11 years, no leash, no collar, he just stayed on the farm and had a wonderful time with John Jane. That's the kind of friends that uh, they are, and it, we're delighted to see them today. We're going to have lunch with them afterwards. So our, my, my, my scripture today is from the, the, uh, the book of Acts, and I, uh, Acts was written by Luke, who also wrote a gospel, one of my four favorite gospels. Um, and, at, and at the beginning of Luke, he says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too have decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, uh, which is the man's name, but it also means man of God, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And then at the beginning of the book of Acts also written by Luke, he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And so this book was written to Theophilus, a man of God, but it was written to all of us who are people of God. Um, And it tells us about the wonderful ways in which God helped to change a culturally um, pagan world and change it through the power of the gospel. Um, and in many ways, the book of Acts helps explain how Christianity entered into that, chain, that, that pagan culture and changed the world. And today we're going to look at three individuals whose lives were changed um, and we'll talk more about them in just a minute. So let's let's read the scripture. Uh, it's in Acts chapter 16. And I'm going to read verses 13 through 34. But first I'm going to pray. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for every day when our pagan hearts, our hearts which by the sinful nature that we are born with, are changed because of Jesus Christ and are changed because we, we have chosen to follow you. We have chosen to live out our lives as the people of God. And so we ask this morning that you would uh, let this time, as we think together on your word, that you would help us to understand, help us to apply your word, and let your word seep into our very being so bless our time together i pray in jesus name amen so acts chapter 16 beginning with verse 34 or beginning with verse 13 and reading through verse 34 on the sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find the place of prayer we sat down began to speak to, to the women who had gathered there one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. <clears throat> she was a worshipper of God. The Lord had opened her heart to respond to the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. "If you consider me a believer in the Lord," she said, "come and stay at my house." And she persuaded us. And then Paul goes on, or Luke goes on, telling, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And just as a side, you might think, well, that's, that's good advertising. Uh, but that's not what was happening. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When their owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other, prisoners were listen- the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Now that's an odd thing for, the, for an earthquake to do, isn't it? The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, "'Don't harm yourself. We are all here.'" The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe He had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearing this morning. So as you think about what was happening here, um, we, as I said a minute ago, Christianity was, was being taken into a pagan culture's And amazingly, it took, Um, because one of the recurring themes in the Bible is spiritual warfare. It's what we're preaching on for these next several weeks. Um, And spiritual warfare started almost from the very first day of creation, but it certainly started in the Garden of Eden when God had given Adam and Eve Free reign, and said you can do whatever you want just don't do this one thing everything else is wonderful don't do this one thing and so the tempter in the form of a snake came and said hey you know that one thing that's what you ought to do that one thing is what god god saved the best and said you can't have that but I think you should. And so spiritual warfare. And when they saw that the fruit was good, they they took and ate of it and were cast out of the garden. And again and again, throughout the Bible, we see spiritual warfare. When Moses was in Egypt trying to bring the Egyptians or the Israelites out of Egypt, there was spiritual warfare during the plagues. Throughout the history of Israel, we see spiritual warfare against the kings of Israel and sometimes they were they would follow Christ, they would follow God and sometimes they wouldn't we saw spiritual warfare with Jesus in the wilderness and it has just continued, If, if Satan can tempt Jesus Satan can tempt anyone and so we are Warriors against spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare, you can put that next slide up, Dave. Spiritual warfare, I believe the ultimate goal is to keep people away from God's saving power and grace. Satan is happy if he can do that one thing. Keep you away from God's saving power and grace. And so today we're going to look at the church in Philippi, a church where there had been no believers before, obviously, um, because the church hadn't existed before that. Uh, Obviously there were many conversions for a church to be born. And today my, my plan is that we're going to look at three people, all very different, who were all in need of God's grace and salvation. And I have to say that I'm indebted to the Reverend Tim Keller uh, for the basic outline of this sermon. Um, as, I, as I was studying and as I was, as I was doing a lot, of, a lot of things, getting ready for this, I ran across a sermon of his, uh, and I thought, I'm going to take that outline and I'm going to add, add to it or take away from the great sermon that he did, I will give you my version. Um, But each of the three people that we're we're looking at today were living apart from God, and each of them were very different from each other. And the, the one thing that we know about each of them, and it's true for you and it's true for me, each needed God's salvation. So that's our plan today. Uh, Three people, each different from the others, each in need of God's grace, and probably each of them you can relate to in one way or another. And so the first of those is Lydia. Lydia, uh, you may have learned in Sunday school, was the first convert um, under Paul's ministry. Uh, Scripture tells us that she... Came that she moved from being a worshiper of God to a devoted follower of Christ. So, a little bit about uh, Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth. Uh, I know nothing about purple cloth except what I've read. And what I've read is that it's a luxury textile, it was very expensive, and only the wealthy could afford to have clothing or furnishings in their home made from purple cloth. So it's like the, the 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 you go to Tiffany's to buy to buy purple cloth. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you if you had it, you know I did notice though yesterday that when King Charles was crowned, underneath his robe what color was he wearing? Purple. It's still a sign of majesty and a sign of of authority and, and all of that. And Lydia, so, so Lydia, if she lived in the Cleveland area, um, I think she would have lived over in Gates Mills. Uh, <coughs> Lori and I had, had an anniversary on Thursday after four years. May the fourth be with us. Um, and we ate our anniversary meal at Gates Mills at Sarah's place. Um, Spent the most money I've ever spent on a meal, uh, but it was delicious and it was wonderful and it was a great celebration um, with a great with a great lady, and I think that's where, yes, <laughs> um, and I think that's where Lydia would have lived, would have lived, high class living, um, because that's where her customers would have been. Um, and, and But we know this about Lydia. She was already a moral and spiritual worshiper of God. Now, she's a worshiper of God because she was joining in with some others and studying what we now call the Old Testament. So she was familiar with, with some of the things that had happened in the Old Testament. She was a worshiper of God who was in need of salvation. Because worshiping does not necessarily change you into who you ought to be. Is it possible for a sinner to come and worship and never be changed? It is. Uh, And in fact, Satan is very happy with unsaved worshipers. More the more the merrier. Um, in fact, he'd be happy if every, every seat in this place was filled with an unsaved worshiper so he could, so he could keep, keep people out. Um, but the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Now, l- l- let me just go back for a minute. Religious people need the gospel, as everyone does. Because religion is, you can describe it as outside in. Uh, you, you know what you ought to do, and, and you're trying to fit that into your life. Christianity is inside out. Christ changes us, ch- changes our hearts, changes our minds. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christianity is inside out, and worship is the result of the the change inside of us. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And she had a radical conversation about what she had already learned from her study, including her conclusion that there must be a way of atonement for those who cannot keep all of the law. Because one of the one of the problems with the Old Testament is you see the law in the Old Testament and then you say, Well well let me ask you that. How many of you have ever in your life gone even a mile over the speed limit? <laughs> 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 uh, some of you have paper uh, to 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 uh, to, 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 uh, to remind you of that. Uh, And checks written to the uh, city of wherever. Uh, It seems to me I paid Cleveland some money one time. Um, But it's it's hard to keep every dot and and tittle of the the law, isn't it? Um, and, And Lydia had come to the conclusion that the law shows us how we ought to live. You know, that's that outside in. The law says you do this. But what happens if you get close but don't quite get there? And, I, and Lydia realized that there must be a way of atonement for those who can't keep every part of the law. And what Paul did was he presented the answer to not being able to keep every dot and tittle of the law. He said, Jesus is our Savior who took the punishment for our sins and became the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And Lydia responded and was saved. So here we have Lydia, this wonderful person, prominent person, well off, living a living a good moral life, and she came to the point where she said, "I need Jesus," and she was saved. And hallelujah! Now, the second person that we see in this scripture was a slave girl who went from being a slave to a free follow- a slave to being a free follower of Christ now when we're introduced to her uh, she was doubly bound she was bound to her human masters who used her for their gain she was a fortune teller and so they'd set up a little shop they'd put the, the sign out people would come she'd read their fortune somehow or another well we know how she had, a, she had a demon living inside of her because she was doubly bound to her human masters and to her demoniac, uh, demoniac masters who oppressed her and made life absolutely miserable. She was psychi- psychologically bound to the demons and she was socially bound to the human masters and life had zero opportunity for her for it to ever get better. And so Paul and Silas came to town one day and the, the, the demon, of course, knew who they were, knew what they represented, knew what their message was, knew what kind of havoc Paul and Silas could wreak on the demoniac world knew that Jesus had already defeated them on the cross. And so she decided, and the the demon inside of her decided to annoy them. Have you ever known people that just annoyed the heck out of you? (laughs) Uh, You see them, and as soon as you hear their voice, oh, geez, not again. And Paul was annoyed with her. Even though she was saying, "In the na- uh, these men are servants of the Most High God, which was absolutely true. But remember, she was content to let people have religion from the outside in. And so she was sharing that information. They could say, ah, well, if I know Paul, I'll be okay. Okay. Uh. I can mark him as one of my, as one of my friends or acquaintances, and and so because of my association with Paul, I'll be fine. Outside, in. And so she went around saying these men are servants of the Most High God, and Paul had had enough of it. Finally, um, you know, I was, I was on a years ago when I lived in Kentucky, I I, I went on a uh, mission trip. Uh, to the Choctaw Indians in uh, Philadelphia, Mississippi. We went down to an Indian reservation and we, we rebuilt a house that was in terrible repair uh, for a, a chaplain who was going to come in and live on the reservation. And for a week, 28 people from Kentucky uh, worked on this house. We did an amazing job. We, we transformed that house. And uh, our our the main guy in charge of that operation um, was George and he was a skilled carpenter I mean we could ask him anything and, and he knew what to do he organized our work everything was going wonderfully um, except for Mary Mary who was remember I said the, one, that, that voice that just annoys the heck out? Mary had that voice and uh, she would question everything George said And she was not a skilled carpenter. And finally, one day, George, being a man of few words, Mary said one thing, uh, one too many things, and he said, Mary, stifle it. Well, that's that's what Paul did. He said to this woman, stifle it. Well, actually he said to the demon inside of her who was causing all the trouble, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. Can you imagine how she felt for the first time in her life not to be controlled by a demon? Like someone who has been addicted and suddenly they're free from the addiction suddenly they can think with a clear mind suddenly she could think with a clear mind and at that moment her owners were furious because Paul and Silas had taken away part of their income So the furious owners had Paul and Silas brought before the authorities and charged them with throwing the city into an uproar and with unlawful practices. And I think it's important for us to remember that sometimes when we serve Christ, it's going to cost us something. Sometimes we're going to make choices that are unpopular with other people maybe even with your family. There's a cost to following Christ. Because this girl was now saved from both of her masters because of Paul casting out the demon, which made her useless to both. She was no longer useful to the demon because the demon was gone. She was no longer useful to, the, to her owners because she could no longer tell fortunes. And so in a very real way, she became a Christian because of a choice. And and I'm obviously reading in some assumptions that aren't spelled out in Scripture. But I assume that this woman became a follower of Christ. That this young lady, this young girl, uh, so she became a Christian because of a choice, but also because someone stood up against the powers, uh, to the powers against her and sometimes that's what we have to do and that's what paul was doing and so paul and silas were put in prison after being stripped and beaten with rods and flogged and they were put into their inner cells and their feet their feet were chained and so to recap the story of the slave girl she was saved but it cost paul and silas a lot Someone once said that Christianity isn't for sissies. True that. True, true. So we have Lydia, who came from a fine home and lived in a fine home and and catered to fine homes and who was living a, a good moral life but in need of salvation. And she came into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We have at the... Other end of the spectrum, we have this woman, this poor slave girl who was doubly bound to both her earthly masters and the demon masters. And she had no hope, but hope came and changed her life. And then the third person we're going to look at is the jailer who changed from being just a guy to I-can't-believe-he's-the-same-guy believer. Paul and Silas and the rest of the prisoners were the jailer's responsibility. If they escaped, the jailer knew that he would be killed. The jailer likely had been a, a, a Roman soldier because being a jailer was a good job, and with the Roman occupation, the good jobs went to Romans. And plus he, had the, uh, he would have had the uh, experience of, being, of knowing how to be a good jailer. And so around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Of course they were listening. How can you get any sleep when that's going on? <coughs> uh, so Jim, if Jim and Kaylee and the rest of you guys are up here, Although I have seen people sleep before. <laughs> but most of us are not. Most of us are wide awake and praising God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly a violent earthquake. And this miraculous. Uh, the doors are opened. The, the locks are sprung. The stocks were t- were come off their feet. All those things that normally happen with an earthquake. No, not at all. And so the jailer is about to kill himself. And Paul says, stop, we're all here. And he can't believe it. And he looks, and they're all there. The doors were open, and they stayed. Now, who does that? People under the influence of God. And I don't know if the jailer had ever heard the gospel before. I don't know if he had heard the gospel that it would have made any difference. Because he was used to people telling him lines and lies and all sorts of things. But because those men stayed when the doors were opened... He saw the gospel at work. Sirs, what must I do to be be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your whole household. And so the jailer did what no jailer before had ever done, He took them to his house and he bound up their wounds and he and his whole household were baptized, just like Lydia's whole household. He brought them into his house and he set a meal before them and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Now I would encourage you to read the rest of chapter 16. Uh, you know Paul and Silas w- were Roman citizens who were not treated as Roman citizens. Well, at least Paul was a Roman citizen. I'm not sure about Silas. Uh, and and it's an interesting interesting as you read read about how they were treated once that once that comes to light. But um, as we think about the Events in Philippi, I want us to ask the question, which I've asked at the end of almost every sermon I've preached for years and years is, yeah, but so what? Why BSW? There were remarkable events in Philippi which can only be described and only explained to the power of God. Lydia, a worshiper who's got it made in life. No problems. And yet she sees the need, that her greatest need is to become a devoted follower of of Jesus Christ, to be changed from the inside out. So the gospel is for someone even like Lydia. The gospel is also for a slave girl who was slaved to, to two masters. And suddenly she's free from both. And the gospel is for a regular guy who's got no interest in religion or church or anything else. It isn't even interested in the outside-in version of religion. And he has transformed to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Now what we know is that Satan was against Lydia. Satan was against the slave girl. And Satan was against the jailer. And Satan was against Paul and Silas. And those other people who stuck around in the jail after the earthquake. Satan is against us all. And we know that because from the very beginning he's been against us, Adam and Eve. God doesn't want you to have that one thing because then, then you'll be like God. And it's been warfare ever since. Well, we've seen transformations in Lydia, the slave girl, and the jailer And the reason for the transformations? Well, God, of course. But also because someone was willing to step out in faith even if it cost them something. And if you are a a devoted follower of Jesus Christ today, I venture to say, without knowing your whole story, that someone along the way stepped out in faith and shared the gospel with you. And so the question that we ask this morning is where or what or when is God asking you to step out in faith and make a difference in someone else's life? Because that's, tr- that's how the church grows. That's how the gospel continues to change lives it's because people are willing to step out And make a difference. Lydia was changed. The slave girl was changed. The jailer was changed. I was changed. You were changed. Because someone stepped out in faith. To you, no matter where you were in life, or what you had done, or how good you were or how bad you were, Someone stepped out and said, but God has a better plan. God has a better plan. And you may be part of that plan for someone else. Where is God, or what is God? Where is God asking you to step out? What is God asking you to do as you step out? When does God want you to step out? And I venture to say that the answer is today. Um, Ask God, what do you want me to do next? Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for the transforming power of Jesus Christ that has been evidenced in millions and millions of people's lives over the years. And in Philippi, it started with Lydia who for all intents and purposes uh, was already living a wonderful life and she had no problems, but her heart needed to be changed. And a slave girl who was doubly bound to earthly masters and to demoniac masters and who had no hope whatsoever in her life and yet her life was changed. And the jailer who had no interest in God whatsoever and his life was changed, and my life has been changed, and many of us in, in my hearing today have we've had changed lives, but some people haven't. Some people are still living as if God you know, I, I can just get get it from what other people have done, and, and I really don't need to make any commitment myself. Lord help us to take stock of our lives today to see if we need to accept Christ ourselves or if, there, if we need to step out on faith and make a difference in other people's lives. Thank you for this church, which has made a habit of stepping out in faith into the community and, and into the world uh, and making a difference in people's lives. Help us all to be a part of that ministry. We love you and praise you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Our service is over. Um, we always have a time of prayer up here at the, at the front. If you would like to come up to pr- for prayer about anything, uh, we invite you to do that. I would ask church leaders if you want to come up and, and pray with people as, uh, and join me in that as well. But may God bless you all and uh, keep you all in his care. Amen.